Blog Talk.
week of the Scoop Radio. I'm glad you are here with us. We're going to have a good show tonight. We've got a lot to talk about. So before we jump into this topic, let me say what's up to my some of my favorite people uh, in the world. So what's going on, Ms. Shakima Willis? Hey, hey, hey. I am doing wonderful this evening. How y'all doing? Good, 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 good. All right, good to have you. Cuzzo, <laughs> how you doing, man? What's happening, man? I'm good, man. You tell me. Is, all, 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 is everything copacetic? Yeah, I'm doing well, man. Can't complain. Can't complain. Closer to the end of the week than the beginning, so yeah, we in. Okay, and of course, joining us again is Miss Kelly Johnson uh, of uh, Kirby Kitten Clothing. What's up, Kelly? Hey, now, how y'all doing? Hey, girl. <laughs> Everybody that's listening. What'd you say? I said, I'm going to need Rashad to bring me in anytime. <laughs> <laughs> that's our theme music. That's like Tisha with Aisha. <laughs> right. Right. All right. We're going to go ahead and jump into this show tonight. Because we'll go ahead and take us oh, and kick us off, man. What we got? Uh, we'll start with, well, ain't none of them really light at heart, so I'll start with the one that hurt my heart the most. I'm about to step on your toes, too, Cuzzo. Our favorite chicken maker is no longer our favorite chicken maker. Yeah, I know. Our favorite chicken maker is selling his soul to the devil. But I get it, though. I get it, but I'm not happy about it. So, for those that don't know, Burger King is buying out Popeye's. I don't even know where to start. I I mean, I know why. I don't agree, but I know why. Um, anybody else feeling hurt? Anybody want to speak on it? You know, I know I know W got a whole lot to say about the birds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just hope they keep their stores ch- stocked with actual chicken. I hope that's a plus. I've never known a Burger King, and they did not have burgers. So I'm hoping that, that they, they carry that trend on down to Popeye's. That has been one of the reasons I've not eaten there for many, many moons, is they never have what you order. Like Whoa. Ever. You gave Just up saying. on Brutus as the enemy? I gave up on Popeye's. Now, I love me some chicken. <laughs> but Popeye's works my third and fourth nerves never having chicken. I don't get that. I get you running out of a side. I get you running out of, you know, a biscuit even. But at 1 o'clock they during lunch, for you to not have thing. a chicken, right, like for, for you to be out of any level of chicken at 1 or 2 o'clock in the afternoon makes zero sense to me. So, like, I think that that is very, very, you know, it, it makes a lot of sense that they are in a point to be bought out at this, you know, because they have not been managed well or their franchises have not been managed well for quite some time. So the, all I'm saying is I just hope that they enforce the whole keep up with your inventory situation because it's been a bad look for the brand as a whole. I'm not the only person that feels like they never have chicken. Like it's crazy, but yeah, I hope it's a good thing. I don't know how I, I don't feel really emotional about it one way or the other, to be honest with you, but. It's a lot of money, $1.8 billion. Did you see that? That's a lot of money. It's a lot, a lot of money. That's a B on that number. 
I'm saying, I was like, that's a lot of money. I didn't know Popeye's. I mean, I didn't know Burger King or Popeye's had it like that. A billion now? Mm. But in Popeye's defense, when they did when they do that Tuesday special, though, that ninety nine cent special, mm-hmm. that's why they running out of chicken. You know what I mean? If they <laughs> if they cut that back, maybe do it once a month. I think they can keep their inventory up. Cause you know, that's possible. You know how we do. We're we prepared for Tuesday. Twenty people. I just don't see the issue. Like, if you know you've been running a, a special on Tuesday for umpteen years, order enough chicken to cover Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Like, I don't – that's what I'm saying. Like, there's a mismanagement. There, and, you know, in my experience, it seems like that has been a mismanagement issue. Like, that's not a hard – when you first start the Tuesday special, okay, I get that. You have to adjust. But every the Tuesday special has been a long-going thing. So if at this point we still running out of chicken because of Tuesday, well, we need to fix that. Like order more chicken so that we have chicken on Wednesday or even the covers through close of business on Tuesday. Like those types of things irk me from on big business levels. That's a small business issue. You know what I mean? Managing inventory levels seems like a small business issue. For them to be being, you know, the level that they are, you should be able to make sure that your stores are stocked with chicken. Like if you sell chicken. <laughs> that blows my mind that you are out of the main thing that people come for. That's not. But anyway, my bad. I didn't mean to go on a rant about them not having chicken, but that has been my experience and probably why I'm not as connected to this situation as others are because I gave up a long, long time ago. Yeah, having a, <laughs> having, having a, being a chicken connoisseur and having, you know, <laughs> no, I do know. That that is that the ordering of the chicken is really done on the store level because like I said I used to work I used to, used to my first first job was at um was at KFC and we had to on a daily basis LBP for me yeah on a on a nightly basis we had to count how much chicken we had and we got chicken every like almost every day so so the inventory issue is like you said it really is a a, a store by store issue. And you had data. You have data to know, you know, what you did on the same day for the last, you know, X amount of years. So it's not like, you know, this is something that sh- that should be new. So, yeah, there probably is definitely going to be some some changes to some systems like that. Um, I'm sure. But really, I think what's been what's really good about this is the opportunity for growth that um, that this presents to uh, RBI, which is the name of the parent company. Because they're really trying to match up against um, Yum, which owns, you know, as, as the article talks about, Taco Bell, KFC, and Pizza Hut, and so now they're in. That's their competition. So if they can do things to open up, like open up more stores, um, or you know, really spread the Popeyes brand, because I think they've kind of figured out that Burger King trying to go head to head Burger King against McDonald's is really not going to work. But if you can do Popeyes versus KFC, I think Popeyes has a better opportunity of um, of spreading or really just growing more than KFC could grow at this point. So I know it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty interesting uh, to see what they do. But again, two different business models because you know as you know uh, it's like the Walmart versus Target thing. You know Walmart tries to you know, be more of a transactional thing, whereas Target tries to be, like, more upscale. Same thing, McDonald's tries to hurry up, you know, get you in and out, whereas Burger King tries to present themselves as a premium hamburger uh, to, um, to McDonald's. So 
it's gonna be interesting to see what they do. But one point eight billion. That's a lot, man. That's a B. And I'm glad you said trying to rival and go up against too, because that brings me into the point of why they're doing it. They are trying to rival McDonald's. I don't know if people really know this, but they basically stole McDonald's whole menu. Like Burger King went in there and they basically make a Big Mac now. And they make uh you know what I mean? Like everything that McDonald's makes, they make one. Um and I think what they're trying to do is go up against the Yum brand because Yum is the world of McDonald's. And what people don't know on the low is, is you know, that's the same thing as, you know, the Pizza Huts and the Taco Bells and the and the KFC. So people band together. I don't know. Well, I don't think McDonald's is Yum brand, but I know Yum no. brand goes up against Popeye's. And Popeye's needs more firepower. Like, they just, they got to band with somebody. They got to get more firepower. And so right now, that would be two brands versus a yum. So it kind of puts them in position to do a little more. So I get it from that that perspective. But at the same time, because of the way that Burger King has spiked in taste and, like, what I remember and, you know, when I was happy to get a Whopper, I'm fearful for my chicken. <laughs> don't short my chicken. Please don't short my chicken. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. They can kick rocks on them biscuits, though. Them biscuits can definitely go. If Burger King got a better uh, recipe for a biscuit, I'm all for it. Like, I mean, since we're kicking Louisiana flavor, why can't we get a, uh, what they call them thing, beignet or whatever the thing? beignet. (laughs) Yeah, throw those in the box. Get rid of them, bitch. That actually would be pretty cool for them to throw in as a dessert. That might be pretty fly, but I don't know. We can trust them to do something like that. So, yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, could be Burger King. Mm. Right. Chicken. Mm. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be good. I'm gonna eat it. I don't care what y'all. And, and listen, whatever they do, if they get rid of the five dollar box, they have a problem. Yeah, that. a problem is what they are going to have. Just don't get rid of the five dollar box. Because some folks are in it. The uh, with the bona fide crew, if they get rid of the bona fide crew, it's gonna be problems too. Because people that worked a long time to be a part of that coupon group. Yeah. I need to stay uh-huh. bona fide. Yeah. Bona fide. Cool. Yep. All right, what yeah, else you got? Buddy. So, Mr. Charles Oakley, former Chicago Bull, long-standing uh, New York Knicks, was thrown oh, out of the garden for uh, what they call beefing with the owner, Mr. Dolan. Mr. James Dolan is the owner of the Knicks, and he and Charles Oakley have... Uh, historically uh, not gotten along, and that all boiled over one night in front of the fans at a game in the middle of everything and kind of right there at the beginning of the game. And Mr. Dolan had Mr. Oakley walked out the building by the uh, the boys in blue. He later on went down the list of things that was wrong with Charles Oakley and on top of the list called him an alcoholic. 
later people came out and, you know, started defending him and saying that it was an insult that Charles Oakley was called an alcoholic because he's not even close to an alcoholic. And they've had to have superstars, non-superstars, well, superstars like Michael Miguel Jordan, the greatest ever, and non-superstars like Jesse Jackson come in and, <laughs> and try and make everything better. So, you know it's uh, here. Yeah. So what you think, John? Right. Is he out of line? Or, I mean, is there is there never a time where you should be able to attack your boss because you're tired of it? Or should you always be company man? Or uh, Let's draw Charles all the way out of it. Because I know we've all been at that point at work at one time where, it, I mean, it may be the boss, it may not be the boss, but ultimately you got to keep it 100% business. Is there ever a fair time to clock out? Mm. I don't personally think so. Just, just I don't. I think if my boss and I are having an issue to the point where I physically want to lay hands on my boss, it's time for me to have a new job. Like I won't have the upper hand in that situation. So there's no winning, and that I won't get a release from laying hands on a boss. Now, have I wanted to? Oh, absolutely. But I think that's where self-control has to come in and just weighing out the reality of the situation. You lay a hand on any person, but especially someone who is already in a, posi- a supposed position of higher rank than you. Because you couldn't step outside and say, oh, because I clocked out, now I'm just going upside his head just because he pissed me off. No, you, it's at some point going to relate back to the fact that that is your boss and this animosity resides in the fact that you guys have some work-related issues. So, no, I, I would not. I don't think that would be very very smart. <laughs> a smart, but a very emotional one. I would get it on an emotional level, but on a realistic and a grown, you know, an adult level, no, I don't think that's really acceptable. Yeah, Kels, what you think? I mean, I I agree with you. It's just it's just not worth worth it to uh, move to professionalism, you know, in in that big of a a setting and and in that industry, because, I mean, you, is it ever going to, will it ever really die down? And, you know, will they be able to make amends? I just don't, I just don't think they can go, go back from that. So uh, I would just yeah. rather not, you know, get that dramatic. <laughs> I think, I mean, I, well, I, now I the given not. article says they made amends, <laughs> but I don't know how long of amends that that's going to be, being that, you know, it is basically a check, and I don't have to really deal with you like that when the day is over. You know what I mean? So, I, I mean, it sounds good for now, but if they've been at each other that long, I'm pretty sure one sit-down didn't change that. No, but does Oakley – let me ask you, does Oakley actually work for the for the Knicks? Because from my understanding, what happened was there was – he there was some discussion, and he compared – the owner of the Knicks to um, the guy who used to be the owner of the Clippers, basically calling him a racist. An undercover so, racist. Yeah, he called him some kind of racist, and I think in response to that, Mr. Dolan called him, James Dolan called him an alcoholic. I don't, it's from my understanding. So I don't know if, you know, I don't even know if he works for him, 
But then I thought it was kind of ridiculous, like you said, because I was actually watching it when it happened, um, to have the man not only just removed from the game, but they put them in handcuffs and removed him from the game. Like it was, it was dramatic. Like they tried. You know, I mean, they had. I was under the thought that he was a big man on TV. So, that what I thought. I thought he was the big man coach or something. Like I okay. thought he and did he might, something with the organization. Yeah, and that's and that could that definitely could uh could be the case, but like I said, I don't know. But all I know is that he just is is to see to see Oak Oakley walked out of the the garden in handcuffs was just not a good look for me. So yeah. I think I think he's done way too much for that organization and for the league in general to to have that happen. But you so, also agree it's never right to attack the boss. Well, again, I don't know the the scenario in which he called where he said the man was he thought he was a racist. I mean, if he was if that's what he thinks, I don't see an issue. Again, now if you work for him, you got to use wisdom. I definitely agree. You know, you got to use some wisdom. But if he doesn't work for him. Then you saying you saying that is you know is is how you feel. You not you know you know that's not your boss. But if that's your boss, you work for the organization. Then it probably is, is some wisdom for you not to make that statement. But again, at the same time, that doesn't mean that it's justifiable for the man to have to be handcuffed and escorted and told that he can no longer. And initially, it was that he could never he's never allowed to be in Madison Square Garden again. Like that's just too much. Mm, mm, mm. Like you were just real extra salty, and so now you want to make sure that you know because you have some some power that that's going to be that's your response, which then in turn makes his original comments look like they could be really true. Because if you don't, if if that's how you're going to respond because mm-hmm. somebody disagrees or said that this is how they, how they perceive you, and you're going to tell them they can't come to the you know again, this is a man who's played for this organization for years, and that's how you go how you respond. That's 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 a little on the petty side to me. So just my thoughts. Yeah. Got something to be gained from all parties in that situation. But I will say Everybody this before we get to the next story. Y'all know it's real when when they call in Jesse Jackson. When they call in Jesse Jackson, oh, man, God. it's real. <laughs> it's serious. That dude real. Can kick they call rocks. Him Reverend like, Al genuinely kick rocks. <laughs> they just came to take pictures. They the selfie king. That's what they are. The like selfie king. Came to take pictures. Jesse. You said. Mm-mm. Now I'll say this: I, I, I've gained a whole. I've, I've recently gained an entirely different respect for Jesse Jackson, having gone to. Oh Lord. Having gone to Operation Push and seeing just some of the work that they've done over, you know, historically, again, what he is now, I don't, you know, I can't say, um, but I know that he was instrumental in a lot of things. And so I guess I'm at that phase where it's like, you know what, if that's what you are now, you know, I'm going to nicely respect you and honor you and let you go ahead and be honored for what you did. But I can't, you know, I, I, I'm just not going to put, I ain't going to put the man down like that. That's just where I am. Though. So. Okay, okay. All right, what else we got? All right. 
last and least, we have, um, well, the Grammys were called racist yet again because black folks don't happen to win the uh, artist of the year or album of the year. Um, yeah. Um, hmm. The easiest way to explain that is that the reason that's taken so heavily is because to an artist, the album of the year and artist of the year are like winning the Super Bowl, are like winning a championship. And so to say that no black artist has had an album worth that honor since 2008 is kind of a slap to the face. Um the the committee says that that's not how it goes. Um, they basically have an unbiased committee who sits and listens to the music. Um, in the article I read, they said he back saying that they do not go by album sales. They do not go by um, record spins. None of that. They go by the comfort level of the people listening when they're voting. So here we are. Hmm. So if you, I'd like to know how diverse the group is of people that they are. I know, right? Because I mean, he. I read the article. Didn't go into detail about that. Yeah, he no, they didn't, did they? But he's and and I noticed that he pointed out the chance the rapper. Yeah, but did you exactly? Like, I mean, Adam, real quick, so we can check out the profiles. But um, he mentioned Chance the Rapper in this particular article. He says, "Well, you know, I think that was his 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 shout out to diversity or his attempt at diversity by saying, you know, we can't we can't say on one hand that you know black people aren't being honored, and then we have Chance the Rapper win Best New Artist. But then you have to look at it. Chance the Rapper's been everywhere, and you can't really hang." all of the history from 2008 to 2017 on Chance the Rapper, like, oh, we've got this one, and we're not even talking about Best New Artist. That's not even the question, you know, that's not even the award in question right now. So it seems like a deflect mode to, because, to, I mean, Beyonce won, that's what was it, a contempor- urban contemporary album? Like, she won. That wasn't the issue, that she didn't win an award at all. Nobody was mad that she didn't win an award. It was the fact that, Consistently, our artists are overlooked for this particular award, which is supposed to be, like you stated earlier, the championship. The, you know, that's what everybody is working for. Night, thank you, appreciate you for, you know, and that's not even trying to sound ungrateful, but just in the scheme of what we're talking about, that's those don't those those things don't compare. And to just throw his name out there, like, oh well, y'all should be grateful we got a chance to rapper. Oh look, we're trying. Look, we got a chance to rapper. Be grateful. No, I, I think that was he should have just left that. He could have been done without that altogether because that didn't help them. It didn't get, it didn't come over as well. It just, it just, it, um, lended to the fact that he was so out of touch for what the whole purpose of the conversation was. It just put the nail in that for me. Yeah. Tell us what you think. Uh, I'm kind of on the fence because like in the article, it says there's 14,000 voters. And so just like you asked, I, I would like to know what the, you know, breakdown of the diversity is for the 14,000 voters. Um, you know, we don't we don't know who they are. Uh, they said mm-hmm. that they have them listen to the music. I mean, you pick, are they listening to one song from the album? Are they listening to, you know, 
the whole album for the um, nominees. Like, I mean, we really don't know the process. So the the comment, you know, about Chance the Rapper does kind of make me lean towards, hmm, they may be a, you know, kind of a, a cover-up to say that, you know, we gave you something. But I would just like to know the process a little better um, to see why it, it's such a big um, – you know, it took a long time for someone to win the the, the most prestigious award. So, mm-hmm. it, you know, you you can't ignore it. Um, people want to be PC, so I think if if we're going to be that involved in and in, you know criticizing the award shows, then we just need to dig deeper and ask how you know the artists have to dig and ask how the how the process is. You know, mm-hmm. how do you pick the voters? Who are these people? Who are these members? Where do they come from? You know, what part of the country are they in? So, I guess that's, I'm, I'm just kind of on the, you know, I'm always uh, thinking about the conspiracy theory, but I would just like to have more information before I, you know, pound the gavel. <laughs> hey, we got we to gotta call her real quick. Hold on one second, okay? And before I before I say this, if you are if you do have a question or comment, you can call in at nine two nine four seven seven two three zero four and press the number one. Again, that's nine two nine four seven seven two three zero four and press the number one that lets us know that you have a question or a comment. So caller seven four four three, you are on the air live. What is your question or comment? Hey, what's up, y'all, man? This is Jay, man. What's up, Scoop? What's up, Jay? Hey, man. Hey. Hey, Jay. What's up? Yeah, I just wanted to uh, comment on the uh, the whole little Beyonce Grammy fiasco. I'm gonna just call it a fiasco, man, and a lynching. That's really what I should call it because um, I'm gonna just go ahead and explain to people one more time what goes on with this stuff here. Got two points. I ain't gonna, I'm gonna be brief. Um, first point. Adele, great song. Hello. I mean, one one of the best songs. I, I'll just go ahead and say of a decade. But mm-hmm. in saying that, this song came out in 2015. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, I know they're behind times, you know, when they want to say best new artist. Chance Rapper won best new rap, our best new artist. You know, he's been in the game, you know, or whatever. But still, that's one thing. This This album is not... You know, if we're just doing of the year, you know, 16 to 17, or just the year of 16. Uh, two, they give, they gave awards away for just groundbreaking uh, uh, music, groundbreaking albums that were something that was just out of nowhere, just for being groundbreaking in the things that they did in a particular genre. She did that, talking about Beyonce. You know, I mean, people rolled out of bed. Beyonce got a new album for y'all. Now, to explain this one more time, the people that decide this, the committee, they are super high up execs and those that um, have a say in the industry. They did not make no no money off of this move that Beyonce did. Let's remember Jay-Z and Beyonce own all their rights and all their publishing. With the new age of the internet, 
this is the only thing that they can offer acts now. It's a new it's a new way of the, making this music. CDs, people ain't running in <clears throat> buying a, a song or buying an album in the CD stores. Like we used to run the blockbuster music. Oh, my girl coming out or my, my favorite group coming out. They ain't doing it like that. You can go and digitally download it. Jay-Z has positioned himself along with his wife where you can not only digitally download it, but that digital money comes straight to me. You're not getting none of this money at all. So when they see that, they're upset with that because they like to know, for one, when this music is coming out, we know the artist date. Remember you go on Blockbuster Music or even magazines you read, and they label all the new albums that's coming out from your artists, when they're coming out. Now they're seeing, okay, out the blue, here comes Beyonce that dropped her album. We had to we had to scramble and reschedule, and a lot of projects probably got dropped, shelved, or just completely just destroyed altogether because of her. They don't like that. They don't like the fact that Jay Z and Beyonce have positioned themselves where they can drop an album whenever they want. Don't have to go through and and beg for your publishing because that's the only thing you can offer now. Are your video? Look how they used to do it. Oh, we'll give you publishing. We'll give you marketing. Who needs? Does Beyonce need to be marketed? Does Jay-Z need to be marketed? Okay, what do you got for me now? Oh, we'll give you a video. Um, I can make that on YouTube and put that out there. Okay, well, we'll give you publishing. We we just want a percentage of that. I own my own publishing. No, thank you. Now what? Stay away from me. I can do my own thing. That's what they don't like. And I guarantee you that had a lot to do with it. Adele knows what's up. She's been in the game long enough. You know what I'm saying? This is not Adele's fault, man. She knew exactly what was up. Why do you think she gave that heartfelt speech? She almost was to the point where she was ready to give that Grammy to Beyonce because mm-hmm. she knows what happened, what transpired. Like I said, Jay-Z, Beyonce, they're, they're on a whole nother level where they don't need none of these people that have owned that stuff. Like he said a long time ago, you know what I'm saying? He's going to make them pay for how they did the Cold Crush. For real. There's no more of that. Y'all are not eating off of us. I don't have to go through y'all to get my stuff out. And I think that played a major uh, factor in the decision. I mean, because it's all politics. That's politics. Not saying that Beyonce's Lemonade album was better than the, the album that Adele had was two years old. And her album was groundbreaking. And, you know, she should have won album of the year. You know, uh, she should have won actually both of those. But I'll take it off the air. I just wanted to make those points to let y'all know that, you know, once again, that it's the politics that's in play, the powers that be. Adele has to answer to somebody. Jay-Z and Beyonce don't. Beyonce right. has an album ready right now to go mm-hmm. out. And I'll get off of mm-hmm. there, man. I love y'all. I'm listening. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you. Love you too, man. Thank you. Good stuff. Appreciate right, you, bro. We gotta go ahead. We gotta go to this song real quick. We got a new song. Cover. You want to go ahead and introduce it? Okay. So this song is brought to us by New Boy Exposure, which is our lovely magazine geared towards the young ladies out there. So, ladies, if you need a good read, go ahead and check us out. New Boy Exposure. We are online. It's an online publication. Um, are we still taking hands on that too, or no? We don't yes, need sir. bloggers anymore. Okay, so no, we're sir. still taking bloggers, too. So if you're an excellent blogger, contact us, uh, globaldriveradio.com. And our song, one, our first new song tonight is going to be by 
Let me collect my notes because I just saw it. Help me, Jesus. New song is. <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right, so it's Shy Ride by Cash featuring Boy yeah. Illinois. New music. Ha. Yeah. Cut. Cash. Uh, I know you feel that. You feel this. Uh. Yeah. See, people think that we be playing Money to be making Cause they ain't part of this I can tell why they be hating Talk around town, say We the ones that saving Music in the city What the fuck you think you thinking You think you thinking You think you thinking In our city, in our city, in our city What the fuck you think you thinking You think you thinking in our city, in our city, in our city, oh This is here for my home team Born and raised to thirst cream Stay chasing these street dreams Can you hear me? Hear me work all day to make ends Me, but sometimes we spend Way more than we bring in Can you feel me? Feel me? Been up and been down Left thing came back round Can't nobody stop us We winning, winning, winning Life come and life goes I'm blessed I've been so, so Watch me flex and pose though I'm silly, silly, See, people think that we be playing Money to be making Cause they ain't part of this I can tell why they be hating Talk around town, say We the ones that saving Music in the city What the fuck you think you thinking You think you thinking You think you thinking In our city, in our city, in our city What the fuck you think you thinking You think you thinking in our city, in our city, in our city, oh Hold that thought Brought to you by a boss Taking no loss, of course it costs Spending the dough so I could toss I recoup that, I need the roof back Top down, screw back Head game, you know the fair game Back, back, lie you know it's fucked up, I just came up off a millimeter Suited up, calling shots, I don't work for the city either Taking competition now, say I get a milliliter Grinding all my life, I feel like I ran a million meters White collar crime, I swear my innocence I'm a beast, when it come to verses, act my enemy Hit up like, ride you, but they ain't no kin of me I do what I gotta do, so these ain't sense of me When I go to mine, they ain't too much on my plate Haters like Keisha Sayed, I'm like OJ Shuey Double entendre, 3000 on a case Settle for a little less, cause they don't show no face And me don't know no conscience when I'm coming your way Fresh to death, like I got one foot on a grave, I know who next up. And I got my foot on they neck, make them wait. Then I make up my sword and flex. See, people yeah. think that we be playing, money to be making. Cause they ain't part of this, I can tell why they be hating. Talk around town, say, we the ones that saving. Music in the city, what the fuck you think you thinking? You think you thinking? You think you thinking? In our city, in our city, in our city, what the fuck you think you thinking? You think you thinking? In our city, in our city, in our city, oh. 
All right, all right. That was Shy Ride by Cash featuring Boy Illinois, our first new song of the night. I kind of dig that one. I like the beat of that a lot, a lot, a lot. <clears throat> this segment of this, uh, you, you you dig it to win? Is that mm-hmm, mm-hmm? <laughs> mm, um, so this portion of the show is going to be brought to you by Elegance by Design, where healthy hair and skin is our priority, and a beautiful you is always our specialty. Um, the thing that I want to highlight most importantly is we are running out of time to purchase your tickets for the two-day She Soiree. That is our next event. It is a slumber party and women's empowerment experience being held Friday, March 10th um, from uh, 8 p.m. to 1 p.m. on Friday, I mean to 1 a.m. on Friday, which is the slumber party portion, and Saturday, March 11th at 3 p.m. Um, this will be held at the Renaissance Waterford in Oklahoma City, located at 6300 Waterford Boulevard, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, 73118. And I am actually sharing... Uh, sharing this event right now so you all can go ahead and get your um, tickets from the link on my page so go ahead and grab that and i will see you there so now going ahead and getting into the show tonight the first thing i want to talk about was on the warm and fuzzy kick is i'm not sure how many of our listeners have ever been um followers of the bachelor i'm just going to be full trans you know fully transparent i don't watch the show at all in any capacity but I have been hearing um, this season stirs of there being a black bachelorette on this show or one of the, the ladies after the bachelor's heart. I'm not sure if they're considered bachelorettes or not considering the rest of the story. You'll understand why in a moment. But um, she's one of the women who are vying for the bachelor's attention. And she has been killing the game. She actually won the first um, first impression rose, which was one of the um, – she's actually the first black woman to re- to receive one of these roses. Um, her name is her name is Rachel Lindsay, and she's trying to win over Nick Vallow's heart. Excuse me, I had to pull up my my article. But she they announced on Jimmy Kimmel uh, this past weekend that she is actually going to be the first bachelorette, the first black bachelorette. So she is going to have her own show, and they're going to uh, start taping here pretty soon. They're actually super excited about it. Um, it's going to premiere on May 22nd. So this is coming pretty soon. And I anticipate they will have a totally new demographic to this show with her um, being on. She's from Dallas, Texas. So she's a Southern girl. She's a lawyer. Um, <clears throat> and she is 31 years old. So she is she is killing the game, doing quite a bit. And she's really taken over the hearts of America. Like all kinds of people are here for um here for this sister, so I'm very, very excited about this, and I, I might tune in if if I can manage, if it can hold my my attention. I'm interested to see what they're doing with this because this will be a totally different type of um, demo. So they might. I, I hope they don't go cheesy with it, trying to overly appeal to the African African American viewer. But I'm I'm interested to see what they do with it because this is totally uncharted territory for the Bachelor brand. Um, have you all heard about this? What do you all think? Do you have any of you all watched the show, Kelsey? Do you watch it? I'm pretty sure Rashad and 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 Wynn probably <laughs> passed on the bachelor. <laughs> I, I haven't watched it in years, but you know I'll catch it every once in a while. So um, I did hear the story, and um, yeah, I don't remember where there's been, you know, uh, a black woman on the show. So. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it it might be interesting. I just, you know, I'm I'm 
waiting to see how she interacts with everyone else. So is she, you know, going to be the, is she going to tell the show? <laughs> or is mm-hmm. she going to uh, make us hold our breath? I mean, I don't know. But oh right. I, I'll watch. <laughs> you say you're here for it. You say you check it out. Yeah, I'll give it. Yeah. I'll, I'll give it a couple of views. I'll, I'll see what they're talking about. Yeah. When will Miss Lindsay uh, entice you to to check the bachelor out, the bachelorette out in May? Do you think you'll be willing to watch? Uh, let me say this. I just want to check out her her Instagram page. Mm-hmm. Because uh, you might want to go check out her Instagram page. I'm just sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's got a smile that's killer. I don't he's, even know what an Instagram is. Yeah, I'm so dinosaurish. I'm prehistoric with this stuff. She is pretty. She's a lawyer. Oh, yeah. No, I'm kidding. I, I'm, I'm serious, but. um. No, I, I would check it out. I, actually, I'm not. A, I don't watch TV. Y'all know that. So, but I think that um, I think it's a good move. I think which from a business perspective, it's a great move to do it. Um, to give her our own show to get a new demographic, and yeah, I mean, hey, I, I'm not a fan of these kind of shows, but she went in, so do what you got to do. What's her name? Yeah, they she's gone. Her name is Rachel Lindsay. In- Rachel Lindsay. Rachel. Yeah, but, uh, oh, look at that. Okay. No, she definitely. What'd you say, Kel? Not you. I was saying the the other reality shows on VH1 are probably taking all the writing, so they had to do something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, get some yeah. a little more views, Bachelorette. Uh, and it tripped me out that they announced it so soon. This Bachelor isn't even over with. You know what I'm saying? So, like, the people who are rooting for her and hoping that she wins this one, it's almost like a womp, womp, womp for them better. You know, hold your breath. We're going to come back and she's going to try again. You know, because even in this article, they said we don't know how far she gets, but we know she at least makes it to the final six. But to me, that was like a huge spoiler alert to know that even at this point, she's not going to win. You know, so I I thought that it was almost – that speaks to why I said – that is why I said – I hope they don't go over the top with trying to reach our demographic for the fact that they could not wait to let us know, hey, we got one for y'all. Like, watch us. <laughs> like, stay with us and we yeah. don't want to talk to you. We're not even done with this one yet. So I'm I'm wondering if I hope they don't overdo it trying to reach us because as far as what our entertainment is, in a lot of ways, it does not differ in a whole lot. As a, you know, really, as far as what entertainment is, we like, people like funny stuff. People like entertaining things. People, you know, now you might have to fine tune a certain, you know, certain things to, to reach a black demographic specifically, but if you overdo it, then it becomes a joke. And then I think that will kill a lot of the brand in general because white people won't want to watch that either because it's going to totally go over their heads also. So that's like, they have to really be, you know, really, really be vigilant about how they go about addressing this whole thing, <laughs> in my opinion. This could go really well or really, really left, really fast. Yeah. Yep. All right, so that's, uh, we're going to be looking out for Miss Rachel Lindsay on The Bachelor, but I'm going to move on right along to my boy. So I was scrolling this afternoon, and I came across this article, 
and it hurt my heart because we've all, it's no secret that I love me from Chris Brown. I felt that, you know, we kind of ringed him all up and down the the publicity, you know, when when him and Riri got into it. But I'm reading this uh, article, this particular article, and with the cause of the chain of events and things of this nature, it just seems like, bruh. (laughs) <laughs> I gotta gotta put my head down like face palms right now, and I'm just hoping for more details in this situation. So Chris Brown is back in the news. Miss um, Karuchi Tran has filed a restraining order against him for her and her family um, because he has, she says that he's punched her in the stomach and threatened to kill her if no one can have her. If he can't have her, no one can have her. Type stuff. He's um, called friends, family. He's reached out to people that they know um, and deal with and, you know, made threats on her life and all of this other stuff. Now, we have seen Chris Brown in and out of the out of the press here recently, and, like, uh, the, the thing that I remember the most recently was when Homegirl was at the house, and I remember we talked about it. She was at the house, and she mm-hmm. said that he threatened her with the jewelry and all this other stuff, and then that came out to be that it was not as all – it was a cracked up to be. It was not as dramatic, and he was actually more right in it than what the the press were saying that he was. Okay, fine. Well, we could lend to, we could go that route with this one, except for the fact <laughs> that Chris Brown released a video a couple weeks ago that was about 50 seconds long that basically said, "I am that stalker guy." Women always talk about how. I don't, you know, they, they don't like these soccer dudes, this, that, and the other. I'm that guy. I'm going to call you. I'm going to make your life hell. I'm going to kick him out. I'm going to make you want to put me out. You're going to, you know, he is saying this in this video. And it is almost lining up perfectly with Karuchi Tran's um, allegations against him. That according to E! News, Tran filed, Tran filed to get a domestic violence restraining order against her ex-boyfriend, from whom she split in 2014 after she claimed that he threatened to kill her. Tran filed the documents on February 17, 2017, claiming that Brown has been harassing her as recently as the second week of February. In other documents, she states that Brown threatened to kill me to others, threatened me via text messages, and threatened to harass my friends. She also claims that he threatened to shoot me. Um, around the second week of February, he told he told a few people that he was going to kill me. He said, if no one else can have me, then he's going to take me out. I have text messages from December 2016 through January 2017 where he's made several threats, including beating me up and making my life hell. She also alleges that the abuse began years ago, stating that Brown punched me in my stomach twice and pushed me down the stairs. Wow. So we've seen the back and forth between Breezy and Karuchi, and we've seen the shout-outs and the songs and all this other stuff. And as much as I love your boy, as much as I have love for him as an artist and a musician, I'm really, really hoping that there's more to be said to this situation. But from the sounds of it and from his pattern, because, you know, you can love a person, but you have to look at the patterns. You just got to be realistic about the situation. This pattern does not look good for Breezy. So I'm going to keep my eyes open for this. What do you guys think about this? I'm down with the brown, but he got to keep his hands to himself. Man, you got to keep your hands to yourself, bro. Like, can it be something else? Like, can you get in trouble for something else besides your hands not being kept to yourself? Be it boy, girl, girl, boy. Keep your hands to yourself, champ. Like, bro, it's not that hard. It's really not. Especially when you got the type of money that you got, bro, keep your hands to yourself. 
You are right. a walking target every single day, every single day. Yep, 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 yep. And it's just I, I, I look at you know how we we talk about abusive relationships and how the patterns of abuse you know goes. You even see he's he. He's not making a good case for himself. Like the videos, the volatile behavior, the the then he loves her so much, like he's almost obsessive about her and then we say, Oh, that's so cute, that's so cute But how is that any different than, you know, dragging her up and down the stairs and then bringing her the fur and the flowers and the you know, the bubble baths and the massage and all that other you know? So it's almost like how much of it do we really know as fans to really know, you know, 'cause if if he were not Chris Brown and he was just Chris Brown little homie from around the block, we would be looking at it completely different. So, yeah, I agree with Rashad. He's got to keep his hands to himself because this is not, yeah, it's looking real, real, real crazy. Kels, what you think? I think you and I both have a, we have a, we have a love thing for Breezy. So I just want to, <laughs> I, you know, I'm distraught. And, um, yeah, I'm hoping for the best. Try to stay positive. <laughs> You know, with my secret baby daddy, but <laughs> right. <laughs> but the, with the evidence <laughs> overwhelming, you know, you just have to you just have to face the facts. And you know, I I've been kind of quiet on this one. I'm like, I can't I can't roll with you on this one, Chris. I'm at the man, like, it's just hard <laughs> for a to roll with you right there. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've thought about play fighting with Chris, but yeah, that whole fantasy has gone out the window. I don't think he knows how to play. We will not be play fighting anytime. You better not even hug me, you type, bro. What is this? <laughs> no. Yeah. That tickled me. Yeah. I wanted to play fight, but now I'm good. I see. So that's not so sexy with Breezy. That ain't just that ain't so sexy right. with Breezy. Same <laughs> word on lock. Same word, same word. Flashing lights. Mm-hmm. He's in my place. Man. You know, I just, you know, like you said, the pattern when when the pattern becomes and you, the, I'm an evidence person, I'm a numbers person. So when the numbers start adding up to equal to, you know, the solution, Chris, you know, might have might have a little problem. Yeah. So he's gonna have to he's gonna have to face the music again, and hopefully, you know, he'll 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 grow out of that. But I ain't gonna catch him outside. Okay. He won't at all. <laughs> I'm about to bow gracefully on that one. You got to call you. Don't catch him outside. Hold on one second. Caller eight four two four. You are on the air live. What's your question or your comment? Caller eight four two four. What is your question or your comment? No, when it, it's me. <laughs> Oh, it's just, okay. All right. I'm just holding. All right. Okay. We'll be back to you in just a minute. <laughs> all right. So, all right. Do we have, do I have anything else on that one? 
No, I don't have anything else. I'm breezy. We just gonna pray for him. Pray for that situation. And Karuchi too. Like it ain't even all yourself. about breezy. Like yeah, we're yeah. Gonna and we gonna hope that he keep his hands to himself and hope that Karuchi, <clears throat> you know. She need uh-huh. to keep her hands for herself too. Karate need to keep her hands for herself too. Uh uh-uh, uh, Karate. Everybody, keep your <laughs> hands to yourself. <laughs> karate. Oh. Yeah, for real. Hands, feet, and other objects. We learned that in first grade kindergarten. I don't know why we. I'm that you. is like in my head. I can't even say that without saying it. Like the papers, the papers said in school. Keep your, please keep your hands, feet, and other objects to yourself. Like I don't understand why yourself. we as adults forget Stay that. Stay in your box. No box. Yeah. But no, that's all I had on uh, Breezy and, and uh, Karuchi. That's, that's it for that one. <clears throat> and it's so funny that uh, speaking of Chris Brown, we don't have the actual Chris Brown, but our new music for the evening is uh, we, our second new song for the night is by an artist named Chris Brown. And um, it is called Detroit Kill Beat. Is that what it is when Kill B, I believe? Detroit Kill B by Chris Brown. We're going to go and check that out.
close parentheses. See him causing havoc. Ain't no prodigy to the saga. President Black Lambo Blue, so who is you? Work, 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 dancing out the pot. Chris Brown. Yeah, that was dope. All right. So if you guys are ready. Yeah, that's I'm good. amazed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> Got me over here a little. I'm over here. I'm over here dancing. I was like, whatever, you know, whatever you call it. Okay. But anyway. Well, yeah, I wouldn't call it dancing. So. All right. So that was Chris Brown. <laughs> <laughs> the song that was Chris Brown by Detroit Kill B. Uh, so that is one of a, a new song that we have. So we want we debuted that. Um, yeah, that was the truth. All right, so let's go ahead and you move will on hear to that again. Section. Yeah, we you won't hear that one again. <laughs> All right, so y'all know what time it is for our uh, for our passion moment with the fire starter herself, Miss Cicely Wilson. So we are glad to have her back for another, so she can drop some more uh, knowledge on us. Uh, welcome back, ma'am, and uh, go ahead and get us get our fire started. <laughs> Hello, everyone. How are you guys doing this evening? Hey, girl. Hey. Awesome. I'm awesome. Awesome. Hey, Keith. Hey, hey, Kel, Rashad, <laughs> uh, Wynn. Hey, how are we doing, family? Miss y'all. Miss y'all. And uh, so know. let me go ahead and get into it. I appreciate um, you all being here with me and everyone out there in listening land. So today, um, our passion talk, just first and foremost, those not familiar with me, Cicely Victoria, owner and founder of Passion International. My business tree is to help train and equip people to find their voice of identity so they can stop people pleasing and be empowered, encourage confidence and communication. And on Passion Talk, we help you to press into your personal power. So how are we going to do that today? is give you three ways to increase your self-worth, three ways to increase your self-worth, okay? So lock and load, family, you know I'll be sitting hot fire, and we're going to go rapid fire, so let's go for it. Number one uh, is that you have to make sure that you are not being a yes person. So you know my primary clientele is dealing with those um, who are challenged with people-pleasing. So um, number one, in order to increase your self-worth, is don't be a yes person. And so you might ask Firestarter, how do I not be a yes person? I uh, love people. Isn't it great to, you know, be there for people, to please people, to make things happen for people? Absolutely. That has great intent, and there's a place for that. But then there's also a place where it becomes unhealthy, and that's called a people-pleaser. And so typically people-pleasers are yes people as well. And yes people become that way because 
they have not established a value system typically for themselves. They are um, far from being identified as an individual. Um, they don't have a core value system that they're able to um, default to or, or refer to any time that they may be out of balance or out of their center, if you will. So first and foremost, in order to not be a yes person, you've got to get your core values down. What do you stand for? What do you not stand for? What are your boundaries? Um, what is it? What are your stop buttons? What are your go buttons? Um, what is, who are your people? Who are not your people? So on and so forth. So I recommend for everyone to have at least five core values that you um, can establish as a launching pad for your everyday. It's so empowering when you can do that and have uh, five core values that you can establish as a launching pad for your everyday. Then they create the movement and the motion that um, will actualize without a day. It, it will determine your conversations you have. It will determine the thoughts that you choose to um, think. It will determine the words that come out of your mouth. It will determine the places that you go that you do, uh, do not. It will turn what, determine what you entertain that you do not. So on and so forth. So mine are, and then you should commit them to memory, okay? And so they should be with you. It should become a part of your second skin. Um, they should be so second nature because, again, you're walking in them day in and day out, and you're becoming more fortified in them as you go. So mine are spirituality, emotional health, communication, trust, truth, and integrity. That's three in one, and passion. What does that mean? If I am not operating comprehensively at any point in time in any area of my life, then that means something is off, and I need to look into it a little bit closer to determine if this is worth the investment or if it's something that I need to separate myself from. So that is number one. Automatically, you have increased your self-worth and your net worth um, within your own self. Okay, so that's number one, two, and um, have, don't be a yes person and have an established value system. And then when you have an established value system, number two, you can stand in something called your power of choice, your power of choice. So many individuals do not know how to make a decision and stand by it because it was what's called a conscious-based decision. In coaching, there are two types of decisions that um, we teach our clients about. It's conscious-based decisions and there are fear-based decisions. Most people live in the realm of fear-based decisions. A fear-based decision looks like this. I have to do this or else. I have to make this decision because, okay? And it's usually attached to a negative response if that decision isn't made or if that compulsion is not fulfilled. So we want to detach from fear-based decisions. You want to enter into a realm called conscious-based decisions. And when you're making a conscious-based decision, that's standing your power of choice, and that sounds like this. I choose this, period. This is my choice, period. There's no defense. There's no explanation behind it, meaning what? I bought into everything that comes with this choice. I'm fully aware of any consequences, rewards, repercussions, or what have you that come with this choice, but it is my choice. It's not a choice that's made through compulsion, through pressure, through anything else that, you know, any oppression. It's my choice. And so number two, you increase your self-worth by standing in your power of choice. Communicate when, you, when is needful. Speak up and speak out for yourself. 
Okay, you know, when we tell little kids, use your words, right? When they want to throw tantrums, we say, mm mm, you're not going to do that. You're going to use your words. What, what are you trying to get across? We're going to learn how to use our words, right? And then stand in power of choice and then make our choices and stand flat footed in them. And lastly, a way that you can practically utilize to increase your self worth is to live in a realm called level five living which we in coaching there are, are, and we can talk about this on a different show, but there are seven levels of energy that we can operate in, and each level increasingly becomes more and more anabolic. And so level five energy is an anabolic state. What does that mean? It's just a big word for building. It's something that adds to you. It, It does not subtract from you. And so when you're in a level five living space, it has a motto, and the motto is this, we all win or nobody plays. And so when you're in a level five living situation, then Mm. that means that it's a mutual reciprocation. There are always win-win scenarios. And so I want you to remember what the slogan is, we all win or nobody plays. So that means nobody is losing out of the matter. You're walking away with something. I'm walking away with something. We're both added to because we came together, and nobody feels subtracted or depleted or cheated in the um, interim. So if we intentionally and more purposefully will live our lives in a way that says, I don't connect to things unless they are a win-win scenario. Now, of course, we are, you know, givers. We're helpers, right, at heart. And so there are spaces where we have to minister to things or what have you. That's a lower level tier, and we have capacity to minister unto it. That's not what I'm speaking about. I'm speaking about if it's a peer-to-peer relationship or if it's something that um, you're trying to ascend to, that should always, I don't care if it's professional, I don't care if it's personal, romantic, spiritual, I don't care what it is. It needs to be mutually reciprocated or somebody's losing out in the matter, and I pray it's not you. So make sure that you have a level five living mentality. I make every choice based on mutual reciprocation. I am no longer going to be a people pleaser or a yes person or do this out of compulsion, pressure, or, um, you know, I'm made to feel like you have to do this because, after all, if you don't do it, who else is going to do it, so on and so forth. Time out for that. You are a person of self-worth. You have to increase it first and foremost with yourself. And first, that comes through an identified place. You cannot do any of this outside of knowing what your identity is. So you all, I want you to be encouraged in that space. I want you to remember those three principles. And remember, when it comes down to your self-worth, your worth is a declarative statement. It is not an interrogative question. Preach. I know that's right. That was everything. Wow. She said, if we're not all winning, we don't play. That I'm taking that with me. And that speaks to so many conversations I've been having. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Absolutely. We all win and nobody plays. It changed my life. It changed my life. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Gotta preach. <laughs> yeah, so... You guys, I, like we all, it's a lot. It's like we marinating on that one. It's awesome. You know, is that these mm-hmm. are just principles where, you know, a transformation where I, you know, live from this place and, and formally not living from this place. I know both sides. And so my compassion goes out to those who are working through their process. Just keep on building, keep on getting there. Remember another thing I want you to know, you don't have to eat everything that's put on your plate. So know the power of the no. 
right? Understand the power of a no, understanding um, the power of walking away from what's good in order to be positioned for what's best. There is power in that. You have to. You cannot get what's best if you accept only what's good. So, again, everyone be empowered. This is Cicely Victoria, owner and founder of Fashion International. I'm a certified professional coach, counselor as well. I'm the queen of empowerment. I set people's lives on fire for a living, and that's why they call me the fire starter. I love y'all to life. We love you, too. We love, love you, too. back. Yeah. Love you, back. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so if y'all need, if y'all need some coaching, y'all better call her. Woo! Yeah, you can get in touch with me, firestarterpassion at gmail.com. You guys, firestarterpassion at gmail.com. Um, look for me on Facebook at uh, uh, Passion International. You can find me there, uh, Cicely V. Wilson. You can uh, become a friend of mine. You know, just get up with me. I love y'all, and uh, let's let's go places. All right. We appreciate you. Thank you. Man. All right. You're all right. Love you guys. Don't. Peace. Till right. next time. All right. <laughs> Ooh. We all win and we ain't playing. That was a word. <laughs> Definitely. The doors of the church are open. Will there right. be one? <laughs> there might be three or four <laughs> on this evening right. after that word. Right. <laughs> I'm already at the right. I'm already okay. Laid out. Where's my white sheet? Where's where? where <laughs> laid? I'm I'm laid out. Omen. That was good. That was good. Yeah. All right, y'all. This is our um, third and final new song um, of the night. Uh, for real, before y'all, seriously, I say this: if you all need any coaching, um, if you are somebody who is struggling with trying to get again light that fire to get yourself going, give Cicely a uh, call. Uh, she's the real deal. So, um, yeah. All right. So we got our last new song of the night. This is um, a song called "Wait." by Men of Vision. So, again, it's called Wait by Men of Vision. Isaiah 40 and 31 encourages us that they that wait upon the Lord, God shall renew their strength. There may be someone that's waiting for God to move on their behalf. This song is dedicated to you. Scripture goes on to say, they that wait, they that wait upon the Lord, God shall renew, renew See you.
guiding you guys in the hot topic tonight. And this section of the show is brought to you by Curvy Kitten Clothing, um, a new line striving to be a big influence in the plus size industry. But we have expanded to all sizes. Our motto is self-reflection is perfection that encompasses the idea that looking within oneself will open up an overflow of understanding that will lead to your own personal perfection. Um, So, yes, look up Curvy Kitten on all social media or um, www.curvykittens.com. And our hot topic for tonight is actually a scenario. So I'm going to read the scenario, and then we'll – We'll get into the conversation. So the scenario is a husband comes home excited about his new promotion to VP of operations. He's been wanting this promotion for some time. Financially, this promotion has increased his salary by $30,000 a year with the potential for another 20000 in bonus. He rushes home to tell his wife of 15 years and his two children, 10 and 6, the great news. To his surprise, the wife is not excited. She asks if his position requires the same amount of travel as the previous position and is told the travel is more. She then says that now that both kids are in school, she planned on starting her own business, which requires her to travel, and she needs him to stay home. So she has sacrificed starting her business because she wanted to be a stay-at-home parent, but always knew this business was something she would do next. So our question is how should this resolve this? And I'm going to go to the scoop group and just pick out a couple of comments. We have one person comment with, um, they need to have a conversation and figure out how he can take his promotion and she can pursue her entrepreneurial desire. So I guess working it out so that they can both um, do that. We had a couple of people say that they should get a nanny. Um, Someone said, they need to add on to their house and have a grandma, a retired grandma come on in and take care of the kids. Um, my response was that, you know, the wife might have woke up too late. So, you know, I'm thinking about it if she was on the other foot. If I come home and I'm excited about a promotion and then you burst my bubble and say, uh, well, I had wanted to go ahead and start my business, then I would be like, um, yeah, you should have said that yesterday. So, back uh, by take on it. How do you guys feel? I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Q go first. Is this thing on? Hello. <laughs> you, 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 I, you, it was on mute. It was on, but it was on uh, mute. I was over here. Mm. <laughs> um, and this, I, I'm interested to know because I, I saw this post, and I think when you had said that the nanny was out of the, out of you know that was not an option. So I would like to know what her business is. Like, what business is it that she's planning on pursuing that out of the gate is getting ready to take her on the road? Um, I'm, I'm more of a logistics person before I get into the emotion of it. Um, because, yes, the money is great. You know, the, I mean, the, the money is good and everything. But how her, he, her emotion might be logistically out of place right now. She and I think that for the 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 moment, she did too much by totally disregarding his thought, you know, his promotion and and automatically twisting it to her thing. Um, outside of that, I agree with you, Kels. I think that there needs to be more communication 
had there, but at this point, like he's been working for this promotion. Has he been talking? Has he been talking to her about it? Does she know the promotion was coming? Was, did she think he wasn't getting the promotion, so she didn't speak up sooner? Like I have other questions, but for the most part, I think that she's kind of <clears throat> to to ask someone to step back from an actual way of providing. And making a way for us to even feel about feel some feel confident enough to step out and start new businesses. I think that she should take some time to think about what it is that she's asking of him by asking him to pass up that promotion. Because in corporate, you don't really get do overs based on your family situation. So some people I saw say, well, you know, he can try the promotion again, you know, after she gets established and all of that. But that's just not realistic. At that point, at this point, they're making a decision. Are you going to continue your career or are you going to allow her to start her career? Because there is no, I'm going to come back and visit this again in a year after my wife decides that she wants to do this thing or not. Like that, I think that's unrealistic to say that they even have to do, you know, that's an even option there. You're asking him to stop his career so that you can begin one that could possibly not take you anywhere. And that's, it sounds dismal and somebody would tell him, he tell him, you know, tell him that he was an ass for saying that, but that is being realistic about it. There's a very good chance that your dream may be just a dream when I'm making a real living here for us. So she, you know, I, I'm interested. I have questions before I can, you know, I'm kind of like Kells with the whole, with the, the Chris Brown thing. I got some questions. I kind of want to wait to see how, I would need more information on this to be able to make a better final a final call on what I think they should do. There needs to be a conversation first. <laughs> they need to talk before anybody makes any decisions because this is going to make or break their relationship. It's more than the money because there could be resentment here, all kinds of things, depending upon the details after that conversation. Um, what do you think? I think if I make uh that big of a transition to where I make thirty thousand more with twenty thousand, you know, um in bonuses, that means I kinda probably have enough uh green light to where if my wife wanted to start a business, she can, you know, come corner the markets where I'm at and we can work together and be doing, you know, her business, our business. And, you know, what I do at work until I can get out of there and do my business as well. Because, I mean, so you saying have her it's travel really with nothing you? hard. To... Yeah. So where I mean, who it's not like my job can say who's going to sit next to me. Now, who's who's taking care of the kids? One, we could have a, uh, we could have a travel tutor and keep the kids with us. Like an auntie or somebody that's going to be around anyway, always, or something like that. Like, if she close with her sister or something like that, and her sister isn't doing anything, obviously we're making enough money where somebody can be on a payroll for something. It's going to save the money from what we've been doing. Keep our kids with us. That way they'll be just as cultured, flying around and getting to see places. There's ways around everything. Hmm. Interesting. What you think, Wayne? Right. So, <laughs> so, all right. So I really, I don't, I don't really. For me, it's not necessarily that what they're gonna do that I, that I was, that I, I thought through or that I was thinking about when I. Again, this is a scenario I completely created off the top of my head. 
but this is a, but I put but this is a scenario that's good because in marriage um, these are the decisions that have to be made. And a lot of people, what I, what I found interesting was there are a lot of people who are normally saying things like, well, the, husband, the wife is, you know, got to submit to the husband. But then at the same time, in this discussion, was like, wait a second, she done done enough. Now she should do whatever she wants. Don't worry about what he thinks. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> wait a minute. Like, so we just threw all that whole, that whole submission and teamwork out the window because you know, and then there was I thought it was interesting that there were people who assumed or who who looked at it from the perspective of because she was a stay at home mom that she sacrificed, and mm. I responded when somebody said that was wait a minute, both of them sacrificed by her being a stay at home mm-hmm. mother because we don't know what type of income she could have brought in that could have relieved some stress from him um and we don't also don't understand what type of stress being at home. If you've ever had to stay at home with kids, what type of stress her being Ooh. at work could have received from her. So it's like this was a family sacrifice that they all had to chip in and give in a little bit to what they want from what they probably originally wanted. And now, and to say that one person should have to lose now because the kids are grown, I, th- I don't think is necessarily fair. So. From 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 a solution standpoint, what I would have, what I thought was, I think what they should have done is they should have said, as somebody actually suggested this, that if the kids are out of the house now full time, and this business is a new business, then you have eight hours to now work on your business. So you don't have to. I don't not have to take this promotion. I could take the promotion, and uh, and you can and you can start your business while the kids are in school. And then, um, depending on, we can work our travel schedule. I can work my travel schedule around some things that you need to do. So if you need to travel, say, every Thursday, then I can make sure that my travel schedule, if, you know, my travel schedule puts me at home on Thursdays. Mm -hmm. And so you get to do what you need to do. I do it. I get to do what I need to do. So it's not about who shouldn't do something. It's, It's how can we figure out a way for both of us to win because he's done his he's done the best he could to get himself in a position and she's done the best that she could to get them in a position. So they both should be able to work together and put down each other's, you know, put down, um, put aside necessarily saying, I want it this way to say, okay, for what works best for us is to do it like this. Um, but I agree with Q's point that you don't just say, Oh, we'll try for a promotion next year. It kinda don't work like that. <laughs> at all. No. It doesn't work like that. Mm-mm. And to me again and to me to suggest that like I said, to me to suggest that she shouldn't get to start her business, I don't think is necessarily something that, that he should ask too. Again, let's sit down and have this discussion. Again, what kind of business is this? Right. Is there a business yep. plan? Does this business, is this a business that's primarily online? Is there a way that you can do some things again during the times when the children are in school? Um, okay, we don't, they agreed in the scenario. I said they didn't want a nanny. Okay, we don't want a nanny, but can we get somebody that maybe to come in and clean the house once a week so that's one less thing that we don't have to worry about, or somebody who can take care of the kids so we can still go to their soccer games or baseball games or whatever they do? You know, again, there are some things that can be set up. 
that would help alleviate some of the pressure and stress off of both of them so they both can get have the opportunity to do that. But it really, it was, again, for me, the goal is for the scenario was to see how we work through the discussion because that's the issue when it comes to marriage is that we don't know how to work through nothing, and when we don't get our way, we shut down, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. the other person becomes the enemy. And then we go straight into self-preservation mode, and then we no longer hear what the other person is saying, and now it's about what I've done um, and now what you should do as opposed to how we as a team can function together. And that's the problem. That That's the major issue right there is when it gets to scenarios like this, everybody gets super selfish and gets super, you know, into, you know, gets really into hyper um, – you know, a lot of pride kicks in, and we don't know how to say, okay, it's not about me, it's about the we. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. And, don't get me wrong. It's hard to not do that, but it still has to be done if we want it to work. So, what were you going to say, Kev? I, 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 I was just going to say that, um, you know, I was just thinking you know, if you – Look at it realistic, realistically instead of just scenario. Like myself, I was just thinking about if I was if I was the wife and the and the husband came home, and being the person that I am, it would be you know one extreme or the other. <laughs> Either I I would be like her and throw a hissy fit and say, "Hey, it's my turn," or I would just completely shut down and not even you know speak my dream. And then, like you said, that could also turn into resentment or. You know, exactly. You'll start. Yeah. That they got to talk. They got to the talk. Straw exactly. that's going, yeah, break the camel's back, and then everything else will get on your nerves. And yep. so, yeah, it, it, I understand but, how but it's, Kelly, it's deeper than just the money. Yes. Yeah, but mm-hmm. Kelly, and that's why. Let's see. As a as a husband, that's where I should notice, or as forget that. Let's back up. As your friend, I should be able to say something that's off. Hey, what's mm-hmm. going on? It seems like you're not. You know, your response. Your response to me getting this promotion was it, you know, what I thought it would be is it's, it's I'm okay. What's going on? And then that opens the door, or it should open the door for you to say, for you to say, well, you know what, I, you know, I've been really trying, getting ready to use this opportunity to get, you know, get my business started, and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be the person that slows you down from doing or stops you or doesn't want to, you know, you not be able to do this, but you taking this position doesn't allow me to do that. And then that opens the opportunity for us to have that conversation. Like we should be that in tune that I should know, okay, your response wasn't right. What's going on? Uh-huh. Yep. Do you want to say something? What were you going to say, Q? No, I, I I agree. I think the, the root of this was the communication because even as I was reading it, I thought to myself, he didn't know that she wanted to start a business. Like, he didn't know that she wanted him home. And then I thought to myself, you didn't know that he was fighting, he was working so hard to get this promotion that you didn't talk about the details, the why of the the process. There was no discussion. You know what I'm saying? And I think that we we get so comfortable in our routines and, and, and our stability that we forget that we have to still put ourselves, we have to position ourselves to be ready for change. And even the change that we put on ourselves, 
a lot of the times we get in a, in a in a mode where we constantly work in a in a shell mode where we're deflecting things that the world brings on. So when someone in our home adds stress or makes a change that we're not necessarily prepared for, then it feels like the whole world is crumbling down. Have you ever noticed that? Like we can take life stuff yeah. with no worries. We'll come together and figure out what's going on in life. But as soon as your other comes in and says something that's not aligned with what you thought the rest of the day was going to be, it's like, oh, my God. Like, where are these, what is happening? Where, where did this come from? And it's, and it's so – it's so, and, I, and I'm guilty of this. I am so guilty of this, and it's something that I've had to actively work through. But it's and it's and it's and it's backwards because we should give each other that same resilience that we give the world. We should allow ourselves that same solution building, that resolution time where we sit at that kitchen table and look at the bills and figure out what money can move here and who can do what to make this thing happen. Like that's the type of spirit that we should come to those. Those are our romantic issues, our fam- familial issues that cause us to really go about the rest of our day. We carry that stuff with us every time we leave our homes. So if we don't take the time to make sure that that's right, we're not going to be effective at anything else that we do. Say they don't have the conversation. Say he takes the position and goes on about his day. Do you think his life is going to be cool when he comes home after this promotion? you think he's really going to enjoy this promotion because she's carrying around all this pissivity and the fact that she's not able to do what she wants to do? And how comfortable is he going to be knowing that she really wants to do something else and that he's taking his position anyway? Like there's just so much that could happen that the snowball is just crazy when we don't sit down and have those conversations and we don't give ourselves the patience to work with, we don't allow ourselves the patience to work through things as humans, as people who make mistakes, and then we don't allow ourselves the room to really grow. We never know what we're going to do until we give ourselves the opportunity to see it. They could become the power couple, you know, if they just work things through and make it happen. Or that could be the total demise of their relationship. Fifteen years, two kids, all of this life built over what? The inability to have a conversation. And to work things through. So yeah, I I I totally agree. We got to talk about things and actually not be so extreme in how we do things. Because you're right. Even I did. I went to. I kind of agree. Like we okay, Like look, you, you know, that shit might have sell, boo. You know, <laughs> like we might have to fine tune this a little bit. But you know, there's 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 and even again, I said I have to struggle with this. You know, myself. So there, we have to be more patient with how we deal with each other. Because even in these this five minute segment of this scenario, we have been able to go from one extreme to the next, and then we were coming back to solutions. Imagine if that would have happened in a home where there's a real life situation happening. Five minutes. You know what I'm saying? Like, and there's already groundbreaking. But we gave each other the space to say our thoughts see how we thought about it, and then work through those things. We have to do that with the people that we love like we do with strangers. So why is that? Let, let, <laughs> let me throw this back. So why, is that so, why is that sometimes so difficult for us to do with um, with one another as opposed to the world, you know, outside people? Because we're selfish. And when we say I do to the other, for some reason we feel the other now belongs to us. So, And while they do, we now feel that now you're supposed to submit to me. You're, my will, my, my, my pleasure, my desires, the desires of my heart are now supposed to become the desires of your heart. So if at one time they don't align, now I feel slighted. You're loving me less now because you don't love this thing as much as I do. We're selfish at, at, at the core of us. We're built to think about ourselves first. 
that is the in my opinion that is the beauty of love when you, that's when you know that you really love a person is when you don't think about yourself first or when you're willing to say you know what I don't matter that much this time that's how you know you have someone that's worth building with so I, and I think when when we are first hit with that shock that this thing doesn't float their boat like it floats mine that hurts initially, because you give yourself to someone. You're saying, all of my heart now belongs to you and vice versa. So when I come to you with something that is now my heart's desire and you don't desire it like I do, what the hell? What do you mean you don't love this thing like I do? What? (laughs) And that's hard to swallow at first. That's hard. That's super hard. And you, you you have to be willing to accept that. That's the individual in us. You know, you love that individual first. All that quirky-ish that you loved and you fell in love with was daydreaming out the work window. Those are the things that that person still loves. But the, we backburner those things so that we can grow. So sometimes, and once you get comfortable, that's when I think the meat starts to show back up. When you feel like your life is great and you're moving on a good path, okay, I can stretch a little bit. Maybe I can, you know, try this thing and see how this thing feels to me and blah, blah, blah. You know, and that breaks the comfort zone. So that, that's, I think, how we get into the five-year, the seven-year itch, you know, how those milestones that we have. and mm. that, Those are comfort levels changing. That's how you have to adjust, you know, as time. People still change. You grow together, but you still grow. <laughs> you still growing. Right. Let me ask you this question because uh, I think maybe here, here's one thing that I thought about, too, when, when I was thinking about this is this is difficult. A lot of – I could tell – I could tell – Number one, because I know several of the people, but the responses from people who were married versus people who were dating was was def there was definitely a difference. Uh, well, and so how do we? And I think I think I don't say it in a bad way, but I think it's because a lot of times we don't have the opportunity to practice or model this in in dating. So is it is this is this one of those things where you really just can't experience until you're married? You think, or is this something that like we can work through or practice working through in in the before we decide to get married. I'm full fledged for practice. You gotta practice everything. Like I always say, you can't expect to be an all star and then only practice that one aspect of the sport. Um, dating is the same way, uh trying to be somebody's boyfriend and or girlfriend is the same way. Either you're going to give 100% or you're not. And, I mean, so how, I, guess, how, I guess that kind of goes into the spending time, being around, like uh, knowing their language, taking the time to know their language, taking the time to care what their language is. Like, you know, this is all a matter of getting outside of yourself. That's deference. That's what it is. It's all about deference. And that is, okay. you know, the willful submission of one's own wills and wishes for the wills and wishes of others. And once you start doing that, for the person that you're saying that you love, guaranteed everything will change. Everything. Okay. Kels, what you think? Uh, yeah, I do I do uh, believe that a lot, of, a lot of things that I hear that married couples go through, uh, you know, it, it it won't really come up until marriage, but um, I think just using, even if you're not dating, you know, or have someone that's serious, serious, serious enough to where, you know, you can discuss a situation like this, 
even just practicing that with family members or, you know, friends. Um, I know uh, telling my, I tell my plans a lot of times, you know, to my parents. I'll call one or the other and just bounce some, some ideas around or just how I'm feeling about a situation, and, they, and they'll try to give me the hard truth of whether they think it's a good idea or not. And it's when you have a passion about, you know, a business or anything, that, you know, anything that you're passionate about, it's it's like if someone takes a stab at it or say it's not good or say you can't do it or it's not important, it's like they're punching you, you know, like that mm-hmm. that dream that you have becomes a part of your being. Even if you – even I had a uh, just a business conversation with a friend and, you know, we're talking about things that we need to do. And, you know, you have to be able to take that criticism and really think, okay, is um, – you know, is that the right um, the right thing to do for that person, just caring about that person as an individual? So mm-hmm. that's one way to practice, just thinking about uh, uh, piggybacking off of what Rashad say, said, just thinking about that person's benefit ahead of your own, you know, you know, just being honest and saying, hey, that might be a really good move for them, even though I don't see it. They seem really passionate about it, so I'm going to encourage them. So you can practice that with your friends or with, you know, someone you're dating with, and that will help, you know, strengthen that side of things in the marriage. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a tough one because I think, you know, when you're single, your your world revolves around you. Mm-hmm. And you do still have the ability to even, you know, to say, to say, um, you know, now nah, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna do what's best for me. Whereas when when you get married or when you t- make the decision to get married, that completely changes. The other part of it that I always I always question is, you know, the benefit or not the benefit, but the the um, the how well do we really prepare for marriage going into it? Because like like you said, a lot of the stuff you really don't get the opportunity to to see, and a lot of times we don't talk about these types of things in our family structure, so we really don't know that these are some of the same things that, you know, our parents had to go through or these are some, you know, that our aunts and uncles had to go through and how did they work through them and what were the results of them of making the choice? You know, what what's the result of, you know, of somebody doing what Kelly said she would have done by just not saying anything at all? Like what was the result of that? What Did you regret it? Was it something that he was like, you know what I mean? Like what was the real result of that and how did it affect your marriage? And I think, if we're able to have these discussions and get this type of training earlier, then number one, I think it'll keep us from, from marrying the wrong people because we'll see that, you know what, this is not a person who, who really I can communicate with on that level. Uh, and number two, I think if we do choose to, then when the scenario does come up, cause it's not going to just come up like this, it's going to come up on multiple levels. Like on a daily basis, we have to choose multiple levels to the other person. That's the daily struggle. That ain't just a one type. Every day you got to choose whether or not I, whether I, no matter how I feel about you, how am I, you know, what we gonna do? That doesn't ever go away. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just I think it, I thought it was a pretty good scenario actually. You know, mm-hmm. I probably I wrote it. So that's you know. Very good. <laughs> 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 but I do, you know, coming from coming from, you know, the single side of things and not dating, like I would never have even thought of that scenario because I am selfish and I am spoiled and I could be that way because I, it's just me. But um, 
you know, that makes me stretch myself just to make, you know, make me think about things and make me a better person um, down the line to say, you know, if I was really in that situation, what would I, what would I do and what can I do to make me better the next time? Or, you know, mm-hmm. if I get in that situation. So I think that it is a very good um, exercise and this is a good platform that people need to know about, you know, with the school and Global Drive as a whole with the um, idea about the conversation, conversations that we have that will, you know, change our generation and, you know, hopefully our nation. So that, you know, it's a good idea. It's uh, weird. Yeah. I like I like the um, scenario, and I think, you know, that that should be something that, you know, people can start to do more. We practice, practice for sports. We train our brain to be, you know, smart by studying and all that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. when you get to be an adult, you know, we not practicing relationships anymore. You know, you hear us say, I don't need no friends. I don't need, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. So, yeah, we need these exercises in our lives. Right. I agree. Because of what you got. Same thing, man. Like I said, you can't be sitting here half doing it. You got to go 100. Everything got to be 100. There's no such thing as 50-50. No 50-50. Because if you're giving me 50%, that means that you're failing in me. And I ain't trying to fail. I wasn't allowed to make a 50% nothing, so why I want to do it in a relationship? I need you to go for the 100. I mean, I even accept the 80. You know, you can come in the house and not be on punishment with an 80. That's still a B. The 50, that ain't going to cut it. (laughs) Okay. All right, we got last words. Let's go ahead and and jump for closing. We we, we at the end. We go so fast. Um, So fast. (laughs) Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and kick us off since she was already already talking. Okay, well, I'm just going to go ahead and just say uh, congratulations, Keisha, man. Way to go. Woo woo. Right. <laughs> yeah. That ring on the finger. Had a nuptials. You go off of your tie that night. That's all right. That is all right. <laughs> yeah, That's all. That was... All right. <laughs> Ke- uh, Kels, what you go ahead, last words, final words. Um, I have to give another shout out to uh, Miss uh, Cicely V. Uh, hmm. That you talking about fire starter? I mean, I'm over <laughs> here hot. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I gotta cool off. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, we need to. Yeah, listeners, yeah. you need to find out who this who this lady is. And if you are confused about which way to follow your passion, I suggest following her. I follow her, and I am looking forward to. Um, you know more of her, so I, I'm really excited about about uh, about what she said tonight, and I'm gonna put some stuff in action. Hmm. Okay, there's some winning situations going on. Right. Win. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. <laughs> yeah, I w- the only other thing I would I would um, add to tonight is um, again, first of all, thank you all for for tuning in. Um, thank you, Kel. Thank you, Cuzzo. You. Appreciate you all. Um, this is a really good show. We had some really good discussion tonight. Um, to the listeners, the callers, thank you. We appreciate you and love you. 
Um, thank you for continuing to support us. Please do me one favor um, and go and share um, the scoop with uh, at least one person. So simply just by going on your timeline or mine and just sharing it and, say, and telling us what you like about the show. Lastly, we are about to, um, once again, um, we want to help one business owner. Um, so we are putting up a post right now. Um, where we want you to, if you are a business owner, put your um, business information, your email address on, and we will pick one lucky person, and we will give them uh, one month of free advertising on uh, Global Drive uh, Network. So I need you guys, like I said, we're about to post it right now. I need you to post your um, yours or somebody who you know put their information on this post. And this will uh, get you added to our email list. So um, so we're going to pick one person uh, from this group, and we're going to give you all free advertising in, uh, in our magazine and in our radio shows. So what else do I got? Congratulations, Keisha. Yes, very much so. Congratulations. Yay. Congratulations to Keisha and Marcus. Um that was that was very that was very fun. I will say that um, to be able uh-huh. to. And I appreciate you guys for allowing me the privilege of marrying you guys. So I appreciate that. Um, so go to also go to nouveauexposure.org and download um, our magazine. So it's nouveauexposure.org. It's a free magazine, and I want you guys to check it out. Kelly is one of is our uh, finance writer, but we've got some good faith stuff about faith finance, um, health. Um, and I want you guys to take advantage of that. So go to newboxposure.org and do that. Also, check out all of our shows. So on Monday, uh, we've got the Soul Cafe with Tina Reed and Tamara Sinclair. On Tuesdays, the Scoop. On Wednesdays, the Word. On Wednesdays, with Pastor Burns. And on Thursday, this Thursday, uh, we are doing part two. Um, we're on the Queen Conversation, uh, but we're doing part two of um, our discussion on the five love languages. So myself. And uh, Rob McClish will be a guest uh, with the ladies, and we're going to continue our discussion. So y'all was asking us some pretty hard questions last time, but uh, Uh it was a really good conversation. So they asked us to come back for part two. So tune in at 7.30 um, Central Time on Thursday for that. Um, Other than that, uh, I appreciate you guys for all who came out last weekend in Oklahoma City. We had a phenomenal time. So I appreciate you guys for that. Um, Kels, Rashad, Q, you guys as always did an awesome job on the panel. Uh, and then we've got Chicago. You guys are up next April 8th. Um, you guys are up next, so have a good And I want you guys to come out uh, there. So other than that, have a good rest of your night. Uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Uh, we appreciate you guys for some supporting uh, the Scoop and Global Drive um, Network as a whole. So with that being said, and oh, if you guys aren't following everybody on here, so if you're not following Q or Kells or Cuzzle, y'all need to do that because um, they all got some good businesses, Elegance by Design, Curvy Kitten. Um, and so y'all need to go ahead and buy, buy some of their good stuff. So, <laughs> some, get you some tingle toes. Get you some, some, some shade for your hair. And Kirby Kitten's lounge suit. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. (laughs) Yeah.
Yeah, yeah. So do it you. All right, y'all. Have a good night. So I try we'll to talk to you guys Thank uh-huh. you.